la 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 Welcome to the final Orient Outlook podcast of 2015 with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southstand chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Hello, thank you very much indeed, and welcome to episode 55 of the Orient Outlook podcast as always. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll start with an update on Twitter account as we normally do. We've pushed up to 1885. I was wondering whether or not we'd hit 2000. Uh, before the end of the year, but alas, it's not meant to be, but that's not a problem. Uh, there's obviously a few more fans still out there, so uh, always spread the word if you can. Uh, we like to think we're on, on point with uh, what's going on in the world of Orient. So always include Orient Outlook, at Orient Outlook, for a retweet. We're also on Instagram, which is Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast, and obviously you can contact us by email if you're not on social media. Good old-fashioned email is Orient Outlook at outlook.com and we do welcome communication in all forms um, yeah get in touch yep so listeners this week in Australia China the USA Poland Mexico France South Korea and China so all over the world so thank you all for listening and that leads into the week that was yeah absolutely starting on Monday the 21st of December man of the moment Joby McEnough was awarded the League 2 goal of the weekend by Shoot Magazine we seem to be featuring quite heavily yeah. in that magazine which I'm not uh, displeased about at all. Got to say, great goal, great hit from Jovi. First touch, take about. Maybe not great, but second. No, Boosh. no, that. But that's it. It wasn't a good touch, and but it sent the defender yeah, off balance, yeah. and then he was able to open up that space. Absolutely. So yeah, so basically, Jovi then sort of did an interview post match about the overall game, and he said, "I think the chance towards the gaffer are massively harsh." I'm always disappointed when a manager gets stick because as a player, I am responsible for what the fans are seeing out there. The gaffer worked hard all week, same as Hesse and all the other backroom staff. At the end of the day, when we go out there, we've got to be big enough to take responsibility and take it on our shoulders. Having been involved last year, it was a difficult season with lots of ups and downs and hopefully we can get a bit of stability and we need to do that ourselves on the pitch and, buck the, and the buck stops with us. That is my thoughts on it. With all due respect to Yeovil, they're bottom and it's a game we need to win if we want to get promotion. So we have to take that responsibility on and deal with it. Yeah, I like what Jamie's got to say. I watched him on the Football League show uh, the other week and he was good. He was astute in what he was saying. He was honest about the season. And if he keeps scoring goals like that, then happy days. 100%. 100%. Yeah, if he can pull those out of the bag for us, then you know we won't go far wrong. Yeah, so Tuesday 22nd of December, the O's made a short journey um, and across Essex and played Bishop Stortford away in a friendly. The team included Granger, Dunn, Essam, Ling, Moncur, Adebayejo and several trialists. And on a wet and windy night, trialist Kiefer Moore gave Orient the lead with a header from across, but Bishop Stortford equalised through a penalty via Kieran by water and the match finished one all. Yeah, a lot of people saying that was a pointless friendly, but actually there's no such thing as a pointless friendly because that was to give a couple of players a bit of a run out and yeah. also to look at players that you Absolutely. might want to sign in the new year. So, yeah, a bit, bit miffed as to why people thought that was a bit pointless. So, Ian was in the stands and, and Andy Hessenthaler was yeah. running the team that day. So, 
all good there. Then we move on to Wednesday the 23rd. It was Fraser Shaw's 21st birthday, so um, happy birthday, Fraser. Yeah, and also rumours of Chris Dagnall returning to Orient and banished as he joins here Burnley until the end of the season and we're playing alongside Marvin Bartley. So obviously, Chris Dagnall, we never understood a word you were saying, but best of luck to you, mate. And, <laughs> nice uh, bloke. Hope it goes well there. Yeah, so no, your, your views on that? Yeah, I find some fans quite unbelievable at times. So many fans last season were saying, sort of, get rid of him, he can't score, he works hard, but he doesn't score any goals and we need goals and blah, blah, blah. And it's probably those very same voices that are saying, sign him back, sign him back. As I say, I'm sure Chris is, is a lovely guy, but you know he found it difficult to score last season with the amount of chances that actually we created. A few more goals actually probably would have saved us, but... I think it was only love because he worked hard and chased the ball down. But we've got Palmer, Palmer and Marquis doing that right now. So why do we need a third yeah. person to do effectively the same thing? Absolutely. For me, he was never going to come back. You no. knew he was going to get bigger offers from, than Orient. And, you know, good luck to him in the future. Like Absolutely. We um, also, a bit of controversy. Yes. Scout Gianluca Romano leaves the club. Rumour is he took uh, the media and communications manager, Colin Mumford's car at the Scunthorpe game and returned to London without him. So the story that, as we understand it, which um, I'm not sure if we meant to repeat this or not, but, you know, we committed now, so we're going we're gonna to do it, was that um, he, uh, uh, Gianluca and someone else were getting a lift back with Colin and um, Colin had about another few minutes worth of work to do at, at the ground and they took the keys with a view to going and waiting for him in the car and when Colin came back to his car it was it was gone yep. and in fact it was part way down the M1 on its way back to London without Colin in it so outrageous behaviour um, it is outrageous so he got he left the club um, and, and I have to say the Twitter spat between Gianluca and Matt Simpson, West Ando, was really good value for money. And it was really good band to really enjoyed that. But you can't do things like that. So he's now gone. Um, interestingly enough, though, any fan that communicated what a bad signing was, he actually said, well, that wasn't anything to do with me. That yeah, wasn't yeah, me. Yeah. But yet any good signings, like the players seem to come out and say, good luck, all the best, see you later. So he seemed very, we well, see he seemed very well liked by he the did. first team squad. And I think that probably speaks a few volumes about what he was at, else he was doing at the club. Absolutely. So that's that. And then Thursday, 24th and 25th of December, it was obviously Christmas time. So Merry Christmas, everyone. It leads us on to Saturday, the 26th. So Boxing Day, a big game as Portsmouth were the visitors. So the team was announced as Chizak, Glehesi, Baldry, Voto, Essam, and Kapakawa. Uh, with Payne, Pritchard, and McEnough, and Palmer, and Simpson. Subs were Granger, Shaw, Dunn, Turgut, Kashkut, Monkoa, and Marquis. Cool. Four changes from last weekend because Sean Clahessy, Connor Essam, Joby McEnough and Ollie Palmer all come in. Lloyd James sadly misses out with an ankle injury. It was good to see Jack Payne actually make the team because there were a few, few rumours a week before that he wasn't going to be fit, but it was good to see him. Yeah. Um, and we say we start with a 4-4-2, Borgett right back with Clahessy on the right midfield and McEnough on the left. So a few players probably out of position now. You've yeah. got to improvise when you've got a small team and you've got those, you know, key injuries. It, you, can, you know, you've got to do that. Yep. Uh, there was no problem for me seeing that was a bit miffed at first but it was no problem yeah like you said you've got to do what you got to do yeah no sooner would we sat down in our seats and said hello to everybody and wished <laughs> everyone a Merry Christmas than <laughs> we're cursing and effing and jeffing in the South Stand yeah. because Portsmouth took the lead deflection uh, of Conor Essam um, it's a bit difficult to see actually from where we were uh, in, in the South Stand but good work down the left from yeah. Carl Bennett in cutting on his right foot uh, his cross found Gareth Evans I think Evans connected, but his effort came off Conor Essam and it flew into the into the corner. So it was obviously the worst possible start. And you think a team like, like Portsmouth, 
if they're starting like that, they're just going to fly. Yeah. And we were thinking the absolute worst. An unfortunate goal to concede. And no chance for Chizak, no chance for him to get out of the way, really. It was so fast at him. He didn't have much time to react. So, eighth minute, things really should have been much worse. But Chizak made a brilliant double save following more defensive frailties. Mm. Um, if they had scored then, God knows what the score would have been had they gone two up within the first ten minutes. Mistakes again. Yeah, mistakes again that shouldn't have been. He shouldn't. Alex shouldn't have had to have made those saves because the defense should have just dealt with. Yeah, should have just dealt with it. So already I'm thinking, here we go. Yeah, they're going to open us up and, and make us look really stupid. And there's a lot of pressure um, uh, from Portsmouth. You know, they they were very comfortable on the ball. They were very threatening. You always thought that there was purpose about them. Um, and a couple of players in the middle, I think their number eight was McNulty, I think, looked very useful, very yeah, experienced. Yeah, good team. Good team. They've got yeah. their money behind them now. So. Absolutely. But then on the 24th minute, McEnough was brought down in the box have, uh, as he was fighting for the ball. Yep. He'd done really well because he'd cut him from the yeah, left and it was really just well. to the right of the box. So actually that was probably more Clahessy territory. But he's gone steaming in there. He's done really, really well. Chased arguably a lost cause. Oh, definitely a lost cause. Um, definitely. Pressure defender, Webster's gone on top of him, brought him down, uh, won the penalty and, and Webster got sent off. Which game changing moment. 100% change game, the game. Game changing moment. Like took, you said, chases a lost cause, yeah. wins a penalty, gets their man sent off, completely changes the game and Jay up steps, reliable Jay Simpson, good penalty. Yeah, really good penalty. Good penalty. I tweeted that, I, I was able to yeah. think quick enough, which isn't like me, um, <laughs> and, and I managed to get my phone out and record it. Just just literally the eight seconds of the run-up yeah. and the goal, I didn't see the point of all the faff that went with it. Yeah, um, Yeah. so it's one all, and it really took the wind out of Portsmouth sales from my point of view. Um, and we were really, really dominant, actually, which you would argue 11 v 10 you would be, but actually often when you see that, the, the team with 10 invariably step up and actually start playing better than the team of 11 often when you watch Leighton Orient play 10 particularly yeah. Leighton Orient yeah, particularly yeah. Leighton Orient so it was really good and, and, and Joby really get, had, had an extra bit of impetus and, and just generally we, we were much much better yep absolutely 28th minute beautiful cross from McEnough Palmer flicks down to Simpson but the ball gets under his feet and the chance goes begging yeah so it's a bit of a shame that really but again on, on 37 minutes nice footwork from Ollie Palmer actually say for a big guy he's actually got really 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 good feet for a big guy and he, he looked very very self-assured and he was quite happy to do a couple of tricks and turn a couple of players and uh, on the 37th minute he, he he made the space for himself but it fell on his left foot and it was a bit of a tame shot straight yeah. into the arms of the keeper shame uh, and in, in the 45th minute plus one added time we took the lead uh, as Oli Palmer a header went unchallenged and he made it 2-1 it's a very basic goal out of nothing really I think it was, it literally WWE commentary out he had of nowhere it, had it on the halfway line didn't he just lobbed it into the box and then Palmer just managed to get him between the two centre backs get his head on it yeah and just went in. I was and like was oh it. my god we yeah. just scored I couldn't believe it we out, weren't expecting absolutely anything absolutely nothing it was fantastic very basic goal as you say but you know that absolutely changes the sort of team talk that both managers absolutely. are going to give at half time I, we, we, I was saying that with uh, Matt Bristow and Chris Kane yeah. that you know at the time what one would have said the other is now probably going to say and vice versa so very very interesting absolutely great to see Ollie get back on the score sheet after a lengthy run up without a legal after he scored that his first goal you saw him proper the relief. absolute release yeah, of yeah. tension yeah. and the, the overwhelming joy from him was really good you can see it really yeah, good. It, was, yeah it was absolutely brilliant absolutely so we went in into the break half time 2-1 up decent um, crowd Absolutely, yeah. So attendance announced at five thousand eight hundred and forty-eight, and a big away following of thirteen, just over thirteen hundred. And they were noisy. Always going to be Portsmouth noisy club. They were noisy, yeah. So then, particularly when they were winning. 
Oh, I can imagine. Particularly until they were... Like most clubs, to be fair. But then, half-time, you think, Hendon gets them in and says, look, boys, don't do anything stupid. We've got a man up, a goal up. Just keep calm, keep your nerve, and we'll be fine. And in 50 minutes, so second half, only five minutes old, when Matt Borgia gets fouled, and then Lesh is out in front of the referee, an opposition defender, there was only ever going to be one outcome. Straight red card. I don't Surely think... no complaints from anyone no, about that. No, but I don't think it was his intention to headbutt the guy. No, but as soon as you move your head, when an opposition player is standing in front of you and the referee to be fair, is a couple of yards, he was always going. Oh, always yeah, going. Didn't, no one appealed it. No one appealed it. To be fair, though, their guy didn't make too much of it. He didn't go down rolling on the ground. He, he, he did hold his head because obviously he's caught him. I, th- um, I think that's more effective, the head hold and walk away as opposed to the rolling around on the floor like, you know, you've just been shot. shot so. Yeah. Very disappointing in Matt Baldry. Very disappointed from our it's club outrageous. captain. It's outrageous. You know, if there's one person who shouldn't be doing that on the pitch, that's your club captain. Yeah. Baldry's an experienced defender for Orient. You know, he's been with us for four or five years. And he's not a violent guy either. Shouldn't be doing that. No, when we, when we met him, he was very, uh, he was very calm. Passive, he was very yeah. passive, yeah. Like he gets a bit temperamental. If he gets his shirt pulled or his whatever, he does react. Yeah. He's a bit petulant like that, I think, well, on, on the pitch. Well, but Maybe the, the Portsmouth manager saw that and said, look, if Baldry's attacking, you try and wind him up. Maybe. maybe, but you maybe, know. but literally from the yep. from the free kick yep. that he just earned, Sean Glehesi puts a ball into the box and, and Ollie Palmer again. Yeah, back post wasn't it? Back yeah. post in between their two defenders. It was fantastic. Good header, three one to the Orient, and their, their defence couldn't really cope with Palmer. From what I could see, you know, Palmer was on it. <clears throat> About the time he had one of those games, and you knew that once he'd scored one goal, he's probably going to get another goal yeah. in the same match straight away. And three one up. I don't usually do this, and I, I don't usually admit to this because I never ever do it. But I had a bet. As I left the house, my father-in-law said to me, you'll win 3-1 today. You're an idiot for betting, mate. So you, I went into Labrooks on Leighton High Road. You're the one who told me never to bet on Orient when I had him. No, like, but I thought, well, what, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? So I went in, I put two quid on, I got 25 to 1. I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, right, that'll do. 3-1, no one needs to score, we'd all go home happy. Mate, if you think we can hold a two-goal lead for uh, 40 minutes against a 10-man team, you're very much mistaken. Well, there you, you go, here we go. So... Following that sending off, Clahessi goes back to right back. Payne, Pritchard, and McEnough make up a midfield three with Palmer and Simpson staying up front. So we matched Portsmouth's formation there. Yeah, they kept two up top. Which made sense. And yeah. in the 60th minute, uh, the start of a catalogue of amazing saves from Chizak, what he'd already started making, but yeah. he makes a good save there to keep out an Evans header from a corner. Again, another great save for Chizak, who, was, who went on to have a fantastic day. Yeah, it was, it was his day really. Yeah, uh, sixty six minutes ball through for Evans, who has Chisak to beat, and he coolly slots home to make it three two, meaning it would be a tense twenty five minutes uh, to end the match. I personally thought Chisak, because uh, I was shouting, "Go to the ball, go to the ball!" He literally stood there, almost with his feet fixed, expecting to dive to his left, yeah. but the guy puts it between his legs. If I, not that I'm a professional goalkeeper, but what I would have, what I was saying, go to the ball, close the angle so much more. And and had he have done that, it would have probably caught his legs, and and they probably wouldn't have scored. I, I thought the ball into their attacker was superb. Yeah, perfect 100%. weight of the pass. The guy had nothing to do; just drop his shoulder and slot it in. Yeah, I, I think it know, was a good goal. So I think it's just made that goal. So I would have put more pressure on the on the ta- on the attacker though. Yeah, so that's, that's the only thing that just created a whole kind of invitation of pressure didn't it for Portsmouth so well, you know the last 25 minutes were going to be 100% we're going to have to 7th yeah. minute Chizak made another great save from some Pompey pressure Yeah. 72nd minute Hendon obviously had, had enough so he brought on Fraser Shaw for Jay Simpson and it was revealed after the match that Simpson was actually carrying an injury although he said that he wasn't he's contradicted himself 
What I think you find with Henderson, well, what I've noticed this season is that if players are carrying a slight injury or aren't fit and are left out of the team, Hendon will never admit that until after the match because they don't obviously don't want to give the opposition any Correct. kind of heads up. Yeah. Which is why you know we had that the other week with McEnough when he came off the bench against Yeovil when people thought he should have started and everyone's yeah, going on. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they don't say that. Obviously, don't want to give the opposition any kind of awareness about the fair enough. squad yeah. yeah fair enough got no problem um, with that so we went back to 4-4-1 McEnough went on to the right and Shaw went on to the left in midfield and you noted that Portsmouth were playing some excellent free balls for their attacks yeah there was a few that went through actually um, if anyone's got Orient player you can you can probably I haven't seen it yet but you could probably see it from there um, there was literally about two or three that just went yeah. through and they were sublime but um, Chisat done brilliantly saved a few as well he, he, he made a a number of fantastic saves. So, eighty-first minute, Marquis came on for two goal. Ollie Palmer, uh, and in eighty-sixth minute, Turgot came on for Mackinoff, and then there were seven minutes of added time. Yeah, so um, there was the Baldry sending off. Yep. Um, someone had an injury, and there were six substitutions. Yeah, bloody hell. So it's quite a lot. Yeah, plus the customary one or two minutes added on anyway. So. Yeah. So for me, the game really should have been put to bed in the 92nd minute as Marquis um, found himself in a great position, one-on-one, rounded the keeper well. To be fair, the keeper does quite well to tip it onto the post. And he pushed him wide. Yeah, he pushed him well, wide, got onto wide. the post, but in the rebound, he should just should have put that through. It takes about a split second too long. Defenders back on the line and clears it. For me, you got to score those goals. and We were lucky in a way that Portsmouth didn't come good a couple of minutes later to make a point after yeah. we should have done that. Um but there you go six hey. minutes into the seven added time was uh, again that man Alex Chissat making a great point blank save from a Pompey shot where the player was unlucky not to score really really good save I think that's probably the best save of them all because it's 96 minute the speed on that shot was brilliant that yeah. guy couldn't hit that shot any better and a great save from Chissat mm. and then finally full time whistle go, goes rocking all over the world rings out um, and cheers all over the ground yeah Absolutely, for, for, for the football that, that happened. Absolutely, so now we're going to come on to the, probably the two main talking points from the match. Sadly. Sadly, Sadly as it detracts, it, away. it detracts from the great performance that we saw. You know, Everyone yeah. should have been raving about Oli Palmer's two goals, and yeah. some did to and be fair. Win. But for most people, for national and world press, because it has ended up on a few American uh, websites like Fox News, which is quite a big thing out there. Um, it's part of Sky, isn't it? So it's all... Absolutely. Filters up and across. So firstly, rumours start to emerge at the time that Francesco Bichette had run out onto the pitch and kicked Andy Hessenthaler. Um, originally dismissed as banter, but when Sky got hold of it and showed you the footage, it didn't really look like banter. It looked like it was a full-flown Daniel LaRusso karate kick to the... Yeah. He meant that kick. There was no such thing. Banter's when you laugh and joke with people. When you gesture, as uh, Hess did, to somebody in the gallery... Um, something with his ear I don't know what that meant and then you see the chair the, I'm going to call him the chairman because we don't have presidents yeah, in this yeah. country right? I've refused to use that he comes bounding down the stairs giving it the gesture with his hand uh, the, the forefinger the middle finger and the do you know what the, that was though? And the, and the thumb together and he's waving his hand well there were reports that Bichetti went down on the second half behind the dugout and he was shouting out instructions shouting instructions there were reports that Hessen Tyler didn't take those reports, those gestures too kindly and gave him a nice hand sign back that you don't probably don't have to be too uh, clever to work out what the hand gesture was. Back in Bichette's. There were rumours that Hessen Tyler made another hand gesture about the phone. You know, like when you say he's made a hand gesture, that he he was doing the phone to agitate some fans because the previous week everyone everyone was listening to the phone. So he'd done that. Who did that? 
Hessen Tyler, Hessen Tyler, which caused the Bichetti reaction to say, "What?" Again, these are all rumours and non-specified, but that's what I heard. Right. So, a, a bit, a bit, a bit of. But you see, Bichetti's leg come full back and oh, he takes a whistle, full-blown yeah. kick. If I did that to you, <laughs> you would turn around and whack me back Absolutely. because that's yeah. not banter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's no fun in agreed. kicking someone agreed. really hard. Agreed. Unless you're that kind of person. And I can't imagine that Hess and Bichetti have got that sort of relationship. Unfortunately, the camera is about two centimetres off Hess and Tyler's reaction. That yes. would have told you, I think you would have needed to know about that incident by yeah. his reaction, but the camera just misses out on yeah. Hess and Tyler's Shame reaction. Shame it didn't move. But apparently they had to be broken apart from Portsmouth staff members. Yeah, Paul Cook, the manager. Which is even crazier. Ridiculous. Um, so I guess, you know, we'll see what stems from that. But apparently that incident was... Included in the ref's report. Yeah, and if I'm not sure what a ref's report can do to a chairman. I know they can get other managers in trouble, but I've never actually seen the case he, of a chairman could, being. He could probably get banned from from grounds, um, but also if it's assault, then it'd probably be something that the police might be interested no in as well. No chance of that. No so, chance for me. Um, uh, the controversy doesn't stop there because then Francesco Bocchetti <laughs> then parades around the ground saluting and clapping fans like we won the league. I mean, what an utter tool. I've got to be honest, I don't see anything wrong with that. Really? Yeah. He's, often, oh, he's, he's obviously had too many wines, Christmas spirit, big win against the biggest team in League Two in terms of support and finance. Portsmouth are a big team. It's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a tense game. It's been an anxious game. He's happy to win. There are ways that you should go on and clap the fans and do that. And he could have been more sincere in what he was doing and not so, so loud and so obvious what he was doing, but... If you can't celebrate a win against Portsmouth, who are third or fourth in the league at home at Christmas, I've got no problem. When can you do it? I've got no problem celebrating a win. But he went round like you say, like, oh, like, like yeah, we won the yeah, league, yeah, yeah. like we just got promotion. <laughs> He's going round the north stand, t- running along, touching everybody's hands. It's it, it's a bit pathetic knowing knowing that behind the scenes that there are budget restraints, there are issues behind the scenes and constraints on what Ian can do and can't do with the squad and whatnot. Uh, that is a fact. We know that factually that, that obviously the budget has been cut substantially, hence why we've got players on the money that they're on and not the thousands that we had last year. Um, you, you think if he was that happy about it, he'd have released more money to it. I, I, can't, I just can't... Yeah, I'm just not a fan of Bichetti at all. For me, not no, a fan at for all. me, no problem with that. But again, it picked up a lot of publicity... Um, and in the football league show on Saturday night, they all they focused on was uh, Bichetti. Yeah, and it's a shame because there were two goals from a player that hadn't scored yeah, in the absolutely. league since August or, or September, and then and then a win. So so post match, Hess said. Yep. So no Hendon again. Really strangely, Hess and Tyler. Maybe yeah, he went out again. Is. Maybe on the back of that Bichetti incident because they knew he was probably going to get asked about it. So Hess and Tyler said. We showed good character and it is a foul for the penalty in last man so the referee has followed the letter of the law. We don't like to see players being sent off but that was the case and it gave us a little bit of impetus to kick on. It gave us that confidence and for the most of the first half afterwards we caused them problems. We got the second just before half time which was perfect. At half time we said don't do anything silly, make sure you're a professional because you never know we're referees so it might happen and it could even things up. <clears throat> it was a tough afternoon but we needed a win in the league. We had been five games unbeaten before today and now that's six with two wins. So hopefully today is the start of getting a few of those. And then about Bichetti, he just said, it was nothing, it is fine. It was just a little bit of banter that has been going on between us over the past few weeks. And it probably looked worse than what it was, but it is all good. All right. The thing about Hesentaler is, he strikes me as a man, so if you kick him, he ain't not going to kick you back. Yeah, but fine, if he's happy with that, then, yeah. then sod it. 
Uh, Matt Borgia also took to Twitter to apologise for his sending off. He said, sorry to everyone involved at the club, especially my teammates and staff. It could have cost them the game, but they did brilliant. Just trying to give everything and so passionate about the game. But this time I let the passion get to me. Never intended to headbutt him, but it looks that way. So I have to take the suspension on the chin and learn from this. Is that That's a one game for a straight red, isn't no, it? No, three. He got three. Three games. Yeah, yeah. So he's out in the next couple. Um, you brilliant, know, brilliant timing, Matt. Silly and Matt to do that, but brilliant you know, timing. he always, if he, when he does make mistakes, he always, fair play to him, puts his hands up and does admit mistakes. So after that penalty at Wembley, went into the pub after yeah. and apologised and apologised on Twitter. Fair enough. You know, that's all he does more do. than most to appease, for, to uh, repent his sins. That yeah, he didn't, he didn't. He, Matt Baldry doesn't tweet a lot, so there was no, no need for him to go on Twitter and say that, but fair play to him, he did. Yeah. So that meant, after that match, we were ninth in the league at the halfway point, so play 23 one nine, draw nine, only lost five and thirty six points. So you can clearly see the problem there is picking up too many draws and not enough wins. Yeah. So that meant we were only one point of the playoffs. So all you know, for me, if we turn those draws into win. Yeah, if two or three of we'll them would fine. have been absolutely. we you know, we would have been absolutely well in the playoff points now. Absolutely. It would be no question around. Oh mate, we'd be laughing. We're we'd only we, laughing. we are still only a point off the playoffs and, and, and my view on, on this is a game that, that honestly nobody um expected us to win. No one thought we would win yep. win it either. And and I think that's always the way. Games you expect to win you don't, and yep. games you don't expect to win you do. That's and the beauty we that's the beauty of football and late yeah. orange, dare I say it. Yeah, absolutely. Um Great performance from the team and I really wouldn't let Baldry's moment of madness put a dampener on this win. We played some excellent football when we had the man advantage, which, as we mentioned earlier, doesn't always happen, um, particularly with us at Orient. Uh, backs to the wall for the final 20 minutes, rode our luck at times and really delighted for Ian and Hess and the team for, for getting this. But, you know, um, I just want to single out some some players for special praise in uh, Ollie Palmer for his two goals, Alex Chisak for the... Uh, for the safe, yeah. great saves he makes and, 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 and Joby McEnough really as well as, as I said earlier I'm embarrassed by Bichetti's behaviour at the end to be honest with you the kick and the parading round the ground um, like we just won the league I, I, I just don't see that he he of all people doesn't have anything to celebrate at the moment it's, it's we're halfway through the season and we'll see we'll see what happens in the January transfer window as to you know judge him Yep. and see what happens then. What, what do you think of that? Mine, uh, yeah, great win against good opposition. Hopefully, at the time I said, hopefully this will be the turning point in our season because I thought it would be. Great to see Palmer get a double and hopefully this could lead to more goals for Ollie. Obviously, strikers thrive and confident. Jay Simpson's a prime example of that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can see Ollie hit his form now. Great to see Chizak play out of his skin and you know he's done it for most of the season, made several great saves and it's great to have confidence in the keeper. Um, disappointed in Baldry. For me, as a captain, got to be more responsible there and he has to lead the team you know and I'm sure Hendon would have pulled into one side Hendon or Hessen and said look you're an idiot mate what you've done was absolutely stupid and you're lucky you didn't cost us all three points let alone one mm. um, you know but for me I've got no concerns over Boucher's behaviour clearly had a bit too much to drink on Boxing Day and celebrating you know we've not had too much to celebrate this year why not celebrate with the good times you know I'm sure plenty of fans stay to clap him at that point for a guy that's um, never never been involved with football before last season he feels qualified to go and sit in the gallery and start barking out instructions that's a problem when you get takeovers mate that's a problem but I also did put as a final to know his place in the as a final line we must follow this up with a result on Monday yeah so those are our views your view so the first part is from Matt Bristow's blog which is a great blog worth a read it's available pretty much the morning after every match that he goes to and he, go, right. he goes to about 95% of them so Matt said the stats have been defied. It was Orient's first win of 14 league matches after conceding the first goal in a game. In fact, it was only Orient's second win in 25 league matches at home after conceding the first goal in a game and Orient's second win in 11 games against teams in the top half of the table. 
I mean, that's a mental stat. Only the second one in 11 games against teams in the top half of the table. That's where the problem lies. You don't beat teams around you. You keep drawing with them or losing to them. Yeah. That's where the problem is. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, at David underscore Mattock said, yes, well done, lads. Great win today. Come on, you O's. Happy New Year. At Boats, he said, what a result. Let's build on this and continue this form into 2016. At Buchan JP, Merry Christmas. A great three points, but the commentary of focusing on the on-pitch scrap between Francesco Bichetti and Hess. Yep. At Rob underscore under, Ness underscore Sife said, well, that was anything but pretty. And at times, it looked like we had nine men, but a great result and entertaining match. Special mentions to Oli Palmer and especially Alex Chizak gave the team and the fans hope. At George Gertz, good win and certainly a result to push on with. Made my Christmas even better. At Ben LOFC, he said, that is the best goalkeeping performance I have ever seen. Obviously, I've watched Jamie Jones and gone in. <laughs> uh, absolutely superb and secured the points for us. Oli Palmer was absolutely outstanding today. Bagged us the points and deserves every praise he gets. At Sam Needham, underscore zero one. Further proof that Baldry shouldn't be skipper there. What sort of example is that? Give it to Joby. Yeah, good point, actually. At Nathan O. Richard said, did anyone else see Bichetti kick Hessenthaler or didn't I see that properly? Chairman was clearly drunk. It must be said that McEnough has been a revelation since his return and him and Palmer work incredibly hard for the team. I've got to say, McEnough's done very well since he's been back. 100%. Bang on the money. At Chris underscore Holmes 24, although it's an amazing win against a big club, I felt they outplayed us when it was 11 v 11 and 10 v 10, Chisak saved us. Yeah, Spot. I think like we said before we started recording, if that match is continued at 11 v 11, probably would be a no contest. Probably looking at a 2-0 with defeat, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Chelsea Fish said, had Bichetti been drinking? Can't have been that happy to win a game. At Will <laughs> Russell 23, good result, poor performance. Only a few players had a decent work rate and Chisak performed heroics. Yeah, at Tony underscore Neville said, games like today are why we put up with matches like Yeovil last week. Brilliant match, nervy finish, great result. At Big John Hayes, Pritchard was fantastic, I thought. Play him in the centre and we've got a great player. Absolutely agree about Pritch. He's ended up on the left one this season as well as the right. Just play him in the middle. Just play him in the middle. Where he needs to be played, yeah. At Paint P007 said, breathless. Some guts on fire today. He mingled in with the usual scary stuff. And you can't run down the clock with seven minutes on it. <laughs> at the Menace 1881, yeah, we were starting to type most yeah. quite a lot. Um, at, at the Menace 1881 said, club captain should be ashamed of himself. Disgusting behaviour. Also hate the time-wasting tactics. Yeah, I think, to be fair, this season's been worse than most I can remember in terms of not necessarily orient, but when we're losing or drawing teams who want to hold on for the result, just time wasting is just ridiculous. Yeah, these days it's really bad. Murphy was bad at it for Portsmouth. Yeah, like early on. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, at Les LK fifty two, so the well earned win of defended for their lives and Chizak. Well, what can you say about him? At bet, uh, sorry, best snooker JP. It was a dirty game of football with two red cards. Borger was stupid. Was it? A lucky win? Maybe. Let's back the boys on Monday. Disagree that it was a dirty game of football, though. The red cards weren't from... All right, Baldry's was, because he Depends had like, the yellows. Guys, but the other one... No, it wasn't really a dirty Depends game of football. yellows, I guess. At Tommy Man 2, so fantastic effort from the lads today. Ollie, great to see you get a couple after all your hard work. At David Sears 3, Ollie Palmer, magnificent today. Everything he deserves. Our captain, an absolute disgrace. Yeah, Andy underscore PO16. A nice winner as a Pompey-based Leighton Orient fan. I'm already looking forward to the return. That'll be a good match, actually, at, Pom- at Portsmouth. Yep, at Matt McCarthy. Also thought Essen had a good game. Great block second half. I don't get what went through Borges' mind. Yep, at Spartacus 1957. So great win, lads. But how did we do it? Borges was this week's screw loose. Um, Bichetti equals hilarious. Uh, at MX Quicks, uh, one point off the playoff places. That's all that matters. It's actually possible for Orient to be topping just four games. 
Yep, at Lenton Four said the win shows we are one of the best in the league, but we have to perform like that week in, week out. John Macker, nineteen seventy seven, said fantastic win, spirited performance, dug deep, a well deserved win, and hopefully we can build on this win. Yep, so thanks for all your tweets. They were all tweets to at Orient Outlook. So if you've got a view on the game or anything about Orient, keep your tweets coming in because we only use tweets that are sent to us. So yep. but you know, after the match all the news was about was Bichetti and the kit with Hessenthala, which forced the club's hand on Sunday 27th of December to release a statement as follows, which said, Mr Bichetti, Mr Hessenthaler would like to clarify the reports in the media following the Boxing Day game. The event reported in the media was very much in good humour for both the president and assistant manager, and part of an ongoing and good-natured exchange between the two over the past few weeks. There was absolutely nothing untoward about the exchange, and the two men get along very well professionally on the pitch and personally off the pitch. Mr. Bichetti and Mr. Hassenthaler were extremely pleased with the result of the game and were celebrating a very well-deserved and exciting win. What a load of old tosh. <laughs> That's possibly the worst worded statement from the club. And I know Colin didn't do it, because he said he didn't. But don't insult us with this nonsense. There's, there's, every, there's video footage out there that, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, suggests that that is not good-natured banter. There was nothing banterish about it at all, and if you're going to use the word banter, at least use it correctly. The thing is, the club are, no, never, old, the club are never going to say the chairman's gone and kicked the assistant manager. Of course no, not. No, matter, put, no matter on how many. Cameras no, but we're not on. stupid. When oh, video, if there was no video footage out there, you could argue, all right, maybe put it to bed. But when Sky Sports have tweeted the video link yeah, yeah, yeah. to said incident, we're not stupid. Um, whoever's put that statement out, um, don't. Treat us like morons because we're not. Okay, so Monday 20th of December. Um, fixtures come thick and fast over Christmas. So we were away back in action to Bristol Rovers. A bit of a six point in this one. So Bristol Rovers were fifth in the league before kickoff. A win would see us leapfrog our opponents. So we would have been at minimum eighth in the league so far. So team has announced as Chisak, Klehesim, Voto, Essam, and Kapakawa. Uh, midfield Turgot, Payne, Pritchard, McEnough. Palmer Simpson. Good to see Simpson in the lineup because there were rumours that he wasn't going to be going to be fit following the substitution. But more, again, yeah, cards close of, to their chest. Yeah. Yep. Subs: Granger, Dunn, Shaw, Monker, Kashkit, Adebayo, and Marquis. So yeah. that meant that Turk came in to replace Borger, who was suspended. Four-four-two formation. Now, and you made a note that you were a bit sorry to see Shaw dropped. Yeah, I think he got punished for the mistake against. I think it was Scunthorpe. He made a mistake. Not, not been able to get his place back. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I rate Cole. Yeah, uh, Cole's been yeah. been very good, but I think Shaw's been a bit better at at, at the left back spot. So I'd like to th- I think I'd like to have seen really maybe Cole and and, and Voto as the two centre backs. I want Shaw left with, back with Shaw at left back. So SM not in the SM a sub. Yeah, yeah, SM as a sub. Yeah, Sorry, okay. Yeah, that's where I'd have gone with that. Funny tweet came in from like Guardian Orient as the team walked out. They tweeted kind of at that the LFC management team walk over the bench with the rookie theme tune playing after Saturday. <laughs> that was genius. If Bristol Rose have done that on purpose, that is an, a credit to whoever runs Kudos it. Kudos who does yeah, their yeah. media there. Yeah, absolutely. So match kicked off fourth minute. She's at fourth into an early save. It's Jermaine Easter. Bit of a stinging shot. Yeah, then Rory Gaffney turns away from Conor Essen just inside the Orient half, uh, but he goes to shoot and uh, Kikawa makes uh, a fantastic uh, fantastic challenge to, to stop that going any further. Yeah, and then in the 31st minute, Bristol Rovers take the lead as Gaffney, well, ball comes in, Essen completely misjudges the flight of the ball, yep. I would say misses his header. And Nick Gaffney uses top of his arm stroke shoulder to control it. So it could have easily been given as a handball. Um, <clears throat> maybe even the lower half, you can't really see from our yeah. angle. Might have, it might have been a handball, but... 
It was no one seemed to appeal it, like you pointed out. Yeah, no, no one appealed it, and then proceeded to leave them Voto and Cole on their asses, and then do Connor and put Connor on his ass. So he's put three defenders on their ass, and kind of finished it well. You know, I mean, it. Unlikely to see the handball not given, but the guy still done three defenders and scored. Had the composure and scored on the edge of the six yard box to turn three defenders absolutely so very very poor defence wise you know SM's got yeah. a kind of I'm sure SM will take responsibility for that you know he's misjudged the header and then his attackers done him and done the other two as well you know yeah. really disappointing from a defensive point of I'm view I'm really annoyed I'm really know, annoyed I know, by I, the defensive I, I, I performance <laughs> I'm genuinely really annoyed if Conor SM isn't fit don't play him yeah. but that says well, it says a lot about Alan Dunn doesn't it that he'd so, rather yeah. put a rusty a rusty, un, well, not unmatched, not match fit, but the guy's played 45 minutes. He was out for a while. He plays 45 minutes against Bishop Stortford, and all of a sudden he's got a starting spot in the team over Alan Dunn. Yeah. What does that say about Alan Dunn? Absolutely. Um, and I didn't really rate Connor um, against Portsmouth either. Um, and oh. for me and Voto, has been a little bit, looked a little bit rusty the last few games. Yeah, Voto started very well. It's kind of faded off a little bit. Maybe, yeah. you know... Like I said, if these players don't play week in, week out, it's tough to maintain that level of fitness. So Voto obviously is quite tired, but with Baldry suspended, you know, you've got Voto, Essam, Cole, Dunn. You've got a choice of four, four centre-backs to use. Yeah. So it's not like he's, you know, on the absolute bare bones. He's still got four centre-backs. And, you know, if, Dunn, if we are going to pay Dunn a weekly wage, we might as well try and play him a little bit, I would say. Especially if, if, the, if, if the other choice of defender is only... 60-70% fit right. which he probably clearly was by the sounds of it today but then you don't want to risk Alan Dunn because Alan Dunn tends to get himself red-carded pretty early as we go for an early shower still picks when up rele- weekly wage release him and don't pay him the whatever he's on a week because he's probably on at least one or two I would say yeah without a doubt it's a fair minute uh, a great chance for Ollie Palmer as Jay Simpson picks out his strike partner with a precise pass but the ball escapes Ollie Palmer disappointed to see that after the two goals last week yeah it is a shame it's a great shame. 41 minutes, McEnough's cross into the box is flicked on by Essen and catches Palmer by surprise, so the chance he's gone there, sadly. I mean, if that was Simpson, they're probably looking at one all. I would say 43rd minute, it really should have been 2 0 as Tom Lockyer heads over from a Lee Mansell free kick. And the guy was just left in yeah. acres of space within the six yard box, free header, yeah. puts over the bar, really should have been 2 0. And then three minutes later, we get an equaliser out of nothing, really. Yeah. Um, you know he scored. I'm not even going to say he scored because you know he's probably got the goal with his 18th for the season. Tur got done well actually. Gets inside the box, drills it in there. Simpson's where he's been all season around the six-yard box. Hocha sticks his foot out, gets on the end of it, out of nothing. One all decent ball from Blair. I, I I've expected a lot. I think uh, a lot. A lot of others have expected a lot more from Blair than he's actually put out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the issue is. If it's a confidence thing, if it's an irregularity of playing time, I don't know, but. Blair really needs to to show us what he can really do. Well, he got um, he got an assist today, so something to build. So on. that's a good thing to start. Something as a to build point. on. So we yeah. went in at half time at one all, and a, a rather large attendance nine massive nine thousand eight hundred thirty six with a great away following of four hundred eighty seven. So yeah. well played to you, so those of you who went up there. You know, around this Christmas period and New Year, you know, I can't definitely can't get to away games. It's really difficult and. Sure, it's the same for a lot of people. So well done for people who did make that journey. Hundred percent, incredibly incredible. So Shaw came on at half time from Voto, who picked up a knock in the first half. You know, so like we said before, Voto's probably feeling the effects of so much football in so little time. Ian said that that um, and Voto didn't have a knock. That's what it was. Oh, he he that, didn't have a knock. That's what was tweeted right by the club. Right. Okay. But Ian said no, well, there was no knock. He told okay. Dave. I'm pretty sure he told Dave Victor that no, it was fine. It was. 
it's just I wanted to get I wanted to get sure and change well, it up play. a bit. Yeah. So fiftieth minute, we we're lucky not to go two one up as Pritchard played in Simpson quite well actually. A nice weighted ball from Pritch and a good strike by Simpson, but they keep it done well to keep it out. Yeah. You know, if that goes in well. a two one different game. A hundred percent and it different it, game. It, it changes the complexion of it entirely. And fifty three minutes, a long ball over the top goes over Essen. Gaffney runs free and hits it first time and finds the net via the post, like bottom right corner. Very, very good goal, but again, probably could have been prevent. Possibly could have. I won't say probably. Possibly could have been prevented if the defence were more switched on. But take nothing away from the lad; he's done brilliantly. Yeah, good finish, but really we, sh- we should finish. be doing better. That ball shouldn't be finding him. That ball should be headed out. But I think it's Essen whose head it goes over. Essen or Cole? I'm not sure which one. So good finish there. You know, and you noted that you didn't think Essen was having a good game today. No, uh, no. From what I was listening to on 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 Orient play when it finally got working. Um, midway through the partway through the first half yeah. um, but as I say you know playing a rusty Conor Essen or, or an out of sorts Conor Essen over somebody other it just doesn't make sense well maybe Dunn's not fit you know but who knows who knows so 60th minute Simpson had got a free kick in a decent position um, their keeper saved quite easily in the 63rd minute I've got a yellow for a needless foul yeah, and then 73 minutes, double sub for the O's, Scott Cashkit and John Marquis come on for Ollie Palmer and Joby McEnough. Yeah. Um, so possible switch to the diamond. We're not, not, we weren't there, sadly. We couldn't make it today, but um, there's potential uh, switch around there. Yeah, 81st minute, Pritch has a half volley just over the bar. Decent effort, actually. Just over, but he struck it really, really well, actually. With but his weaker left foot yeah, as well. So people weren't getting there, had it been slightly lower. Yeah, and then uh, 86 minutes, there was a sure free kick. Steve Mildenhall comes out, but doesn't gather it. And Turgot tried to lob him, but puts it wide, unfortunately. Yeah, so four minutes left of added time. They were played, but no goals despite some of our pressure. And we slip to a 2-1 defeat. So disappointing after a good great win against Portsmouth and a real opportunity to get back in amongst it and the playoff places today yeah lost lost really and gone so Ian Henderson said post-match we keep shooting ourselves in the foot with these mistakes and they've got to stop or given time we will replace the people who make mistakes we set out our team to go up we set our team up to go out and perform and there are too many mistakes going on right now I thought to be honest there were two evenly matched sides out there great finish separated the two sides we maybe could have defended the ball in behind for the second goal a bit better, but it was some finish. He's hit it first time as it's bounced up on the volley and he's hit it on the inside of the post. That was what separated the two teams at the end of the day. We looked at how we played the first half and we thought it was a case of trying to get Jack Payne on the ball a bit more and getting it down to play more. Is that not what you should be doing anyway? In Jack Payne, you've got be one of the best midfielders in the league too, or from what I've been told. I think Payne's been pretty good. I think he's been amazing. He's been alright, but surely Jury's out for if me. you're playing Simpson, especially if you're gonna play Simpson and Cash Kit, you've got to get it on the floor, get it down to the front two as quick as you can, because their game's all about pace now. Well, alright, Jay Simpson can jump. Fine. Scott Cashkit is not a target man. Absolutely. So if you're gonna play it up front, it's gotta go along the floor. Absolutely. Or into channels for people to chase onto. Because Scott's quite quick to be fair. Yeah, yeah, he's very it's not a criticism that he's not a target yeah, man, yeah. that's just a statement of fact in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a contradiction in terms, but he's, he's not a target man. Um, on Conor Essam, he said, uh, he's a little bit rusty, you've got to be fair to him, he's disappointed in there, then why play him? Absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, the league table stands that we are now over the halfway point. Yep. Uh, we've played 24 games, we've won nine, drawn nine, lost six now, and we've got a goal difference of plus five, and we've got 36 points. We're only one point, one point off the playoffs. So yeah, so it's not, it's, all, it's not all doom and gloom, you know, it's... I think, well, I think realistically, if we take a step back now, 
automatic promotion is going to be a very, very hard ask. Very hard ask. Not impossible, but you're going to have to go on some run to get back in there. Yeah. Playoffs, you know, still one point away. There's still a lot to play for. There's still, what, 22 matches left. So it's not all doom and gloom, you know. Look at some of the fixtures we've got left. On paper, we should be spanking them, but how many times have we said that this season? So, Mr. Levy, your views on today? Yeah, I'm really quite annoyed about the manner in which we've lost this match, actually. Too many errors. Essen was poor against Portsmouth. His form continued into today's match. Um, and it says a lot about Dunn, uh, as I've said earlier, that he can't get a game ahead of a player who was in non-league last year. And Voto has looked suspect for me in the last couple of games too. Lucky we've got a first-class goalkeeper, really. And it says a lot about this league that we've not dropped below 10th, having only won one in six games. I find this squad so frustrating. I lay a lot of the blame at Bacchetti's door. Uh, makes a clown of himself after a win, uh, but I can't see the value in investing in the squad as he cut the budgets right back in the summer. So, as I say, uh, the reason for my laying blame at his door, as I say, is because he's the one that sets the budgets and tells Ian what he can and can't spend. But have we not? We've got the third best paying wage bill in the league. No? Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, you have, but, but 50%... Far, they take up a huge amount of that wage yeah, but bill. but 50% so. of our wage bill is on three players, so you can't... I wouldn't no, That's argue. what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't have both ways. You can't have three big players in that team and then moan that you haven't got enough depth with the other. You need to either accept that you, if you're going to have Simpson and McEnough, you're going to have to have a very small squad. Yeah. Or... You can't have Simpson and McEnough and have a bigger squad. But then last season we had the Simpsons, the McEnoughs, the Lowrys, the League, Henderson's. League, League, two club, League 2 club, more income, bigger gates, bigger away days. I, th- I think I think Bichette's not done himself any favours in the last week, but he's pumped an awful lot of money into the club. Mm. And without him being there, Simpson wouldn't even be in this, be at this club. Neither would McEnough, mm. you know. And, you know, we know McEnough and Simpson have both come down in their wage, but I guarantee you they're probably... They're probably the top two earners in this league, if not in the top two, definitely in the top five, top ten. And if you're going to have two of those players in there, you've got to make sacrifice in another part of your team. Shizak, I reckon, is on probably... Well, you don't have to if you've got an owner that's prepared to put in the money and not uh, as, 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 um, as equity rather than as a loan. You don't have to, which is what he did last season. Otherwise, irrespective of being in League One with a larger budget, we haven't got the money to carry Lowry, Simpson, but the, Henderson, McEnough. No, 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 no. But you can't, you can't have it. You can't have your argument both ways yeah, then, because he was putting the money into the club last season to fund the big earners that he had with a push up to the championship. So yeah, yeah. if we need a push up to League One now, then we still need a squad that's capable. There's no point trying to build a non-league I squad. Don't think, I don't think with three gonna, players on top money. I don't think, and then being able to have a team that says well alright well they're not doing so well but that's alright because we've got three players on top money so I don't have think, to balance it out I, with... I think you're deluded in what you think Bichette will put into the club these days I think the days of Bichette you're pumping in those tens of thousands of pounds on wages are long gone and I think, oh, yeah, no, I no, think they fans are. have got to be realistic in what in what the expectations are now you know when yeah, but when to Bichette... cut it so drastically is, is my point to cut it so drastically <sighs> I don't know I don't know what the wage bill was last year or what it was this year hundreds of thousands but this is probably in hundreds of thousands as well. I wouldn't. And don't that. forget, you've got you've got you've got, you've got, a, you've got to spend what's in your remit, the sixty percent rule. If Pichet wants to put in money it's out of his own pocket, which is fair, but don't forget, he's fighting a legal battle that could be costing him millions behind the scenes. Yeah, probably. About it, so we'll see. Yeah, so for me, help him, does it? massive opportunity lost. Another case, the same old story. Hendon has to start preparing his team ready for matches and having a better game plan as opposed to what we're seeing. You know. I don't mind losing matches, you know, if we're going to lose, but it's the manner of the defeats that are happening. Today presented us with another great opportunity to get back in the playoffs when we've blown it. Defence sounded poor today, and hopefully Hendon has his eyes on a few players in January 
And for me, the big thing for him is he has to have a contingency plan if Simpson goes because he's going to... I think we can obviously... He's got 18 goals. There's championship clubs room with him watching him. You know, he's probably going to get at least another one or two next Saturday if he plays. You know, before I, he leaves lo- us, he'll, he'll have hit 20 before. I'd love to keep Simpson. Realistically, do I think we'll... Not no. a chance. So it's it's what Simpson is doing now behind the scenes to get somebody else in knowing Simpson will leave. Yeah. But we'll see. But given all the draws, you know, amazingly, a win on Saturday and we could be back in the playoff places and it could be all rosy again. Crazy league. So yeah. those are our views. Your views at Ben LOFC said, in all competitions, we've only won four games from the last 22 and one of them was against Staines. Hendon out. His record before he got sacked from Barnet was four wins in 30 games. He currently sits on four wins in 22 at Orient. At Sandcast 9 said, quite simply, goodbye, Ian. Yep. At Dirk Turk said, probably Simpson and Hendon's last game. At CM Oriental, simply not good enough. Simply not good enough. <laughs> simply not good enough. At TCW0102 said, our season equals mid-table. At Dear Stu said, how many more chances are we going to give Hendon? That's my only thought. At John Macker 1977 said, wasn't at the game, but sounded like a poor one. For me, Hendon isn't getting the best out of these players. I can't see Bichette getting rid of Hendon, though. Yeah. At Lloyd underscore Stratton, I hate sacking managers and not giving them time, but he's had, he's, he has had time. It's half a season. He isn't the right man for the job. At Chris underscore Holmes 24 says, performances haven't been good enough and neither of the results play as a manager. We seem to be Jay Simpson FC. <laughs> at Lyndon Orient don't think we were don't think we're good enough to go up has a good win on Saturday so now we have to take that as confidence as winning now and the game doesn't work yeah G4 underscore shift set says sounds all too familiar defence needs work and preferably a new face and the striker can't outweigh that and if Jay Simpson gets sold and then just a dot dot yeah at Len M4 once again after looking decent we lose a game is it Hendon's tactics or just complacency by the players yeah. Not good enough. Good point. But at Bill Fleet Heat, so Dean Hendon is working with a tiny budget, so why else would he have signed Tesco value players? There are things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. FB has lost a lot of his money, question mark. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. At Forza Orient, no fights at all and no heart. Poor manager and lack of leadership. Yeah, at Spen 011 says, I'm sorry, but we need to change manager before our season's over. At Matty LOFC Evans, as I've said the last few weeks, Hendon has to go. End of hen- hashtag Hendon out. Just a quick one on that. If you, it'd be interesting to see who people want as the next manager. So when we done that article for Guardian Orient, there were yeah. three names who keep coming up. But realistically, I don't think we've got a, a, any chance of those three managers who keep popping up. So if you feel like who are the three managers? It was Gary Boyer. It was Decanio, and there was someone else who I can't remember. John Still came up again, but I don't think John Still would even be on Bichette's radar. Could be wrong though. Yeah. Andy um, Scott's out of work. Yeah, but really? No. really? No, 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 no. Really? No. At Doyle underscore Hoop, I said, can't see how anyone is still defending Ian Hendon. Four wins from last 19 league games is in a really poor division. It doesn't help himself. At Gould, Howard said, who was marking Gaffney? Connor S. Howard. <laughs> at Vince Howard, 73. He said, two games in two days. Too much for a Fred Bear side. So I expected us to lose today. At Matt Bristow, one clean sheet in the last 19 league matches says it all. Great point there, Matt. Again, one clean sheet. Great stat. With arguably the best goalkeeper in the league as well. Yeah. At Jamie Buck, 98. Said, no urgency in the team. The defence were a shambles. Three hours of journey to get here. Dot, dot, dot. Will Simpson go in January? Question mark. At LOFC 1978. Further proof Boxing Day was a one-off. Just not good enough. Need a change. Same story, different opponents. Yeah. At Julian Fern. Said, I, I've supported Ian Hendon, but sadly can't any longer. There's no spirit or leadership. 
hate sounding off at my club. This is not a promotion chasing side. I thought this was. I, I sorry. I thought this was a must from the owner. Let's talk about promotion. Yeah, at Alfie Wounton ninety six. Not the result that we needed, but onwards and upwards for the next game. All this talk about fans wanting Hendon to be sacked. Be careful what you wish for. Don't want a repeat of last season. Spot yep. on. At Simon O'Reilly, Edward said, "If money is available in January, we have to look at League One plus players who aren't playing or near the end of their contract and get getting maybe one or two loans." At Pandemonium eighteen eighty one, same again. Tighten up at the back and better service and creation up front, and we come away with at least a point. And in response to that, at LOFC nineteen seventy eight said, "Stability should never be an excuse or reason to keep a clearly incapable manager." At Stratus Boy replied saying, "We have more coaches than the National Express, but decisions are down to one man, and he ain't the one." Yeah, at Baggy's house forty two said, "Starting to worry now. Best we can hope for is mid table. We need John Mackey." At Orient Meat Pie, I thought Mvoto looked great in the first couple, but he's looked bang average since Scunny away. Yeah, maybe that's done his confidence or something. Uh, at O's fans, Basing said, it shows we aren't good enough. Bad at the back, so midfielders scared of losing the ball, which which means we play long ball punts to the big bloke up front. Poor. Very, yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. The occasional one says, that Portsmouth win was the worst thing that could have happened. Bought that idiot more time. <laughs> at Andy underscore PO16 said, Orient won't improve when Hendon's tactic is to punt the ball forward Bypass midfield with no creativity. It's amazing that Jay Simpson has scored 18 goals. That is true. At Sam Needham 0-1. Desperation hoofball, then people get on Palmer's back for not doing anything with it. The squad simply isn't good enough. Yep, so thanks for all your tweets again. Wow. They were or- 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 negative, so really. After you know the great euphoria of beating Portsmouth two days later, it's changed yeah. again and quite negative. So prediction league updates. Well done to Orient P at Stroppo underscore O and at LOFC 978 who predicted the 2-1 loss and for Jay Simpson to score. So you all get four points, which means at Strope underscore O joins at GeForce underscore Shiv at the top of our prediction league on 11 points. At Matt Bristow and those fan basing sitting second on 10 points. We will publish the league table next week at some point because there's loads of people on that board. Um, so we'll send out the link once we get up there. Cool. Very straightforward to do that. Positives and negatives this week. Yep, you want to take on with the positives? Yeah, positives, great. Much needed win against Portsmouth. Uh, yep. Alex Chisak's performances and Jay Simpson scoring his 18th goal. Yeah, bang on, bang on for that. And so negatives, defensive lapses are consistently costing us goals. So we saw one against Portsmouth early on in the match and we saw another one today, if not another two today. So defence really needs to be switched on. These have to be cut out. Um, second negative is the small squad is really starting to cost us. So with suspensions to Baldry of long-term injuries, we've really started to struggle now after long-term injuries. I mean, you know, God knows what happened if Jay Simpson gets injured badly. You know, real, or he get, or he leaves, or he leaves. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's every likelihood that he might leave. Although he says he's happy here, I'm oh, sure he'll be happier. Absolutely out the door. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'd be happier playing in League One or, or Championship. All, all I hope for is that he goes to a club where he's going to play first team. So, for example, Fulham are rumored to be it looking at him. He will never get in from his first team. They got Dembele and Ross McCormack. He's never going to get one of those about the team. I hope if he goes somewhere. He goes and gets first team somewhere. Yeah, otherwise you know. it's a waste. Absolutely. As long as he doesn't go to Brentford. Um, negatives. <laughs> they won today. They did. Dean Smith's been very well. He's doing very well, uh, yeah. And the last negative <clears throat> is inconsistent performances. So, you, you know, you have a great win over Portsmouth. And like we said, everyone's positive, ready to go. And then they follow up today with a poor defeat in the last game of 2015. And, you know, it's just consistent with the kind of year we've had. You know, high, consistent. The only consistency. and in lows and in lows. <laughs> is inconsistency. Absolutely. We're consistently Absolutely. consistent. Absolutely. There you go. Apart from this podcast, which is always consistently. We're yeah. always consistent. <laughs> um, hero of the week time. Um, yep. Tough choice uh, in terms of actually finding a hero, but we did find one. We did find one. I don't think we've ever given one to this guy before. I think this might be his first hero of the week. I think it might be. So well done to... 
big Aussie man, Alex Chizak. Yeah, congratulations. Great performance against Portsmouth. Had it not been for him, we probably would have been even more downbeat on this podcast episode this evening. I so. hope no one's looking at him. No, I don't think so. He's not getting the kind of publicity. Simpsons all over like Twitter and social media and the football league show. Mm. Maybe, I mean, you know, he could do a lot of the League One clubs could do worse than a. He's, it'd be easy just a slot into the League United. United with yeah. Jamie Jones bottom of the League One. <laughs> <laughs> so just one fixture this week, as it's Monday night tonight, we play Stevenage away on Saturday. Surely a match we should win. Stevenage had an awful result today. They lost 3 1 at home to bottom side, Dagenham and Redbridge, currently 19th in League Two. So a bit of a yeah. local derby. Bitish in the, within this league. It's a short journey. Short yeah. journey. It is so a short, we should one of short journey. We should take down a good support down there. Um, and put on some good pressure on showing them. I've got side. a wedding, so I can't go. Oh yeah, I've got a wedding. Otherwise, I would have gone. I said to my wife, I said earlier, I said oh, I'm going football Saturday. She said, No, you're not. We've got a wedding. <laughs> I was like, all right, I won't be going then. So thanks for joining us for episode 55. We've played two matches since our last podcast, which have summed up our year really with a great emotional win and then two days later blowing it with a disappointing away loss. So story of the year really. Yeah, we'll be back absolutely. with episode 56 next week after the Stevenage game and all yep. the information uh, and views that you could ever need. Yeah, so that's it as well for 2015, uh, which for the most part has been probably if to forget for later on as a football club so from the bottom of our hearts myself and Paul thank you to, for listening to all our podcasts and interviews this year thanks for all your tweets keep them coming um, you know we all deserve better and hopefully the O's can deliver this in 2016 and you know we remain hopeful we're always positive and you know bad to think today but only one point from the playoffs so you know in yeah. the next episode we could be back in the playoffs so it'll all be positive again yeah keep supporting the team keep pushing them to do well because they want to do well we want them to do well it doesn't help if we barrack them from the off so be as supportive at Stevenage as you can and, and at all the home games throughout the year and thanks for all your support as Steve says we really couldn't do we w- we wouldn't do this without Absolutely. the support that we get so Absolutely. thank you and thanks to the club for giving us access to the players when we've had it and uh, for all the interviews that we've done this year for everyone that's given up their time as yeah. well much appreciated although there's one man who I think we need to speak to sooner rather than later ok we'll yeah. sort that out we'll sort that out cool. so all there is left to say is as always keep calm oh just before you do yeah. did you know that David Moon is now on Twitter he is have you seen that <laughs> I thought that might make your year my such gift a, to you such a man crush on Moon go for it sorry go for it so as always there's just left to say keep calm happy new year happy new year everybody and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's. Up the O's. <laughs>